Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. You hear the group Alabama, and what an appropriate song. You can't keep a good man down. We're going to a good man, Hueytown, Alabama's favorite son, Lynn Scarborough. Good morning, Lynn. How are you? Hey, man, doing great. We uh, actually were ahead of the game. Um, we were uh, earlier in the week, we were way behind on our Big Ten. We actually have the Big Ten edition sent to the press on Friday night. Uh, and that usually we're up into Saturday getting those done. I, you know, during our production time, I'm usually pulling away from production to do this show and then get right back to it. And uh, so the Big Ten magazine is, uh, on, is at the printer. And the Southeastern edition should be hitting newsstands this week, Nick. So uh, we've got, we got samples of the uh, office samples in about three days ago. Uh, I'll be having some sent off to you, uh, hopefully by Monday, and uh, later this week they'll be starting to hit newsstands. So uh, good, uh, good time for us uh, as far as uh, looking at for football goes. But um, obviously, big time in baseball and softball, particularly a lot of lot of uh, NCAA tournaments and this type of thing, and other sports are starting to be underway as well. But uh, hey, two two really two really uh, significant games last night in Louisiana. Uh, obviously, Louisiana Tech's. Uh, uh, extra inning win over uh, Rice, and then uh, LSU uh, winning five to four over over the number one team in the country, Florida. And uh, you know, so two really big time games there, and two teams that are really hot. Uh, Nick hitting at the right time for them in the SEC or LSU and Mississippi State. Yeah, I, I think State's won like eight in a row, and maybe LSU's won ten in a row or something like that. And they really they really hit it at the right time. Well, I, I want to talk about that because uh, you're looking at the implications. We've talked about this before. It's more interesting to watch the battles at the bottom. And, and I guess uh, for some teams, it is going to be very beneficial that Mississippi State has picked their game up. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the bottom now, uh, after last night's development, has come down to, to very simple. If Auburn wins, they're in um, against Vanderbilt. Uh, they're probably not going to. Auburn's lost uh, now, let's see, five in a row. Uh, they got swept by Mississippi State. Uh, they get the advantage, you know, at the end of the season of playing Mississippi State and Vandy back-to-back to close it out. But uh, most everybody in the SEC, uh, with, with the SEC having the, the top-heavy load that it has this year, uh, it's almost impossible to not be playing a tough situation in SEC baseball, just like SEC softball. But if Auburn wins against Vanderbilt today, they're in. Um, if, uh, if Tennessee wins and Auburn loses, then... Uh, of course, Tennessee's got eight wins as well, but Auburn and, uh, and Arkansas would be, the, would be the two. Arkansas could get in it if they could, if they could win and Tennessee and Auburn would lose. Uh, they're getting in the process of getting swept if they lose today by Mississippi State, Arkansas is. So those, those, last, three, those last three teams um, are, uh, gets down to the advantage of one over the other. Auburn won the series over Tennessee, but Arkansas won the series over Auburn. And... Auburn and Tennessee have eight wins, and Arkansas has seven. So, um, so it's got down now to where it's pretty. It's not a complicated formula. Uh, if if Auburn wins, they're in. If uh, if not, then it depends on what happens with the Arkansas and Tennessee games. And I want to say this because by the Lynn Scarborough model, you look at Arkansas. Should they get in? This is a team that has lost 12 in a row. That. That'd be one where you say, guys, I know that we said there were going to be 12 teams in the tournament, but we're going to change our mind and just go with 10. Oh, with, well, with, with any of the three of these teams, quite frankly, and be honest with you, Missouri as well. Yes. Missouri has backed into it. Um, you know, they, uh, they lost last night and backed into it by other teams losing. We've got four teams that, that just, quite frankly, don't deserve to be in it. And Georgia's a borderline team, whether or not they deserve to be in it. 
uh, but you for sure got four that don't deserve to be there. Um, and this would be a year, honestly, when it would be better to say let's go back to the ten team format, and uh, and let's just don't have let's just don't have twelve teams. But it is what it is. So uh, one out of those remaining three has to be in the tournament. Now I got a question for you because this has always puzzled me, and so I get to ask it now. I know that uh, talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's uh, magazine, and obviously the the owner Lindy Davis. When the magazine comes in, do you and Lindy go have lunch brought into the office and y'all open it up, or do you just open the box and say, "Yep, yep, looks good, looks good, all right." Let's now, I'll be honest with you. What we do is we we look at it very critically. Uh, what we do is start looking through it and finding mistakes. Uh, because every any anybody Nick that's in the publishing business, uh, if they tell you, particularly a substantial piece, if you're doing something with hundreds of pages and hundreds of thousands of copies, if uh, if anybody ever tells you that they have produced a, a publication with no errors, with nothing wrong, don't trust them. They're not telling you the truth. They they don't know what they're doing. Um, because when you when you produce as 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 much material in such a short period of time as it takes to be doing these back-to-back-to-back-to-back hundreds-of-page magazines every week with, with writers and editors all over the country. Um, it's not possible uh, to do it without mistakes. You do the very best you can to get the most up-to-date and accurate information that you can. Um, and the fact that you do that is really a, one of the detriments because we, don't, you know, we could create this uh, material weeks and weeks in advance. And then you've got plenty of time to cross-check everything, and you got and, and all. But the problem with that is, you know, if if somebody gets arrested, if somebody gets hurt, if somebody flunks out of school, if somebody dies, uh, if there are major events, then you don't have it up to date. And you want to produce the most current information that you can for your readers. And you can adjust on the website as things happen on, uh, you know, as in real time. You can adjust on the website, but you can't adjust once something's printed. Same way with a with a uh, uh, radio show. You know, we do a live radio show when it's out there. We've said what we have to say. We have to go back in and make a retraction or something if something changes later. But once it's done, once it's out in the airways, once it's in print, uh, it's there. And uh, so we wait until the last week to let our let our writers get everything in so that we can have as current information as possible. Well, what that does then, that causes you to be having to, uh, to uh, write and edit hundreds of pages in a two, three-day period of time, which is why uh, you and I are so often, you know, are communicating at 2 and 3 a.m. during the middle of the night because that's, that's when we're working. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's not possible to be your most alert at 2 or 3 o'clock in the middle of the night for, you know, week after week after week. So, yeah, it's a celebration that the publications are in. It, it's, uh, I, I had one of our female staffers one time compared it kind of like having a baby, that you do all the work to get it all there, and then it, it comes out and it's like birth has been given to something new. Uh, but we really, rather than a celebration, uh, we are glad to have it out, but, but we look with a pretty critical eye, Nick, uh, to try to see things that, uh, that might be wrong, that we uh, need to correct, that we need to put, uh, put changes out on. So I, I'm going to ask you, so are, are you both looking at the same magazine and flipping page by page at the same time? Or do oh, you oh no. No we, just take, no, we take them and look at them. You know, when we're not working, look at them and read them at home. And, you know, right now we've got... Uh, our National College edition, I think, I think samples of the National College came in yesterday. I have not had a chance to look at it yet. I have looked over the Southeastern edition. We'll be getting the NFL edition of the latter part of this next week, and we'll start going through the same, through the same process. Right. Talking to Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Uh, where it's the absolute best college football magazine on the planet. Get it. It's going to be 
uh, and stores. I, I think this week is Lynn, You're telling me, but I got to get. I got to get to. We're talking to. We talked to SEC baseball, and we know uh, top's going to be the battle for Hoover, and then we'll talk about the national seeds. I do want to ask you one question about uh, LSU with a victory over Florida. Sure. Now, looking obviously host a regional. Are we getting into super regional or too early for that? Got to keep playing. No, I think no. They, what what's happening is the the teams at the top are playing for seeding. And the teams at the bottom are playing for survival, and that's basically what it you know basically what it is. I, you know, you've got the potential. You got five different SEC teams that, according to how they finish out, could make a case for for uh, being a top eight seed. Now, I don't think they'll give five of the top eight to the SEC, but but you got five teams that can make a case that they should be considered for it. Uh, uh, South Carolina, Florida, uh, Texas A and M, LSU, Mississippi State. Uh, all five could make a case that they should be in the top eight teams. Uh, again, I, I think one, you know, a couple of those teams are, are not going to be as successful down the stretch. It just has to be that way. I think the, the three out of the five probably that, uh, that are the most successful will be, will be top eight national seeds. And theoretically, I mean, you could, you could have them all. Uh, I think every one of those teams I just named will host a regional. Okay, let me ask you this. Uh, one team you didn't mention, because I'm talking about regionals. Right. Look at the Magnolia State. Southern Miss, we're going to make a little blend into Conference USA. Southern Miss dropped just a little bit. Dropped one last weekend to Louisiana Tech, struggling this weekend. Because at one time I thought you could look at maybe just having uh, most of the college baseball uh, regional playoffs in the state of Mississippi. Obviously Mississippi State at 20-9 and nine right now, 39-14-1 and one overall. Ole Miss has dropped three in a row. They're 17-12. and 12. Yeah, Ole, Miss is, Ole Miss probably, unless they, unless they win today and, and do some winning in Hoover next week, they, they probably have played themselves out of a hosting a regional. Okay. But Mississippi State right now, definitely LSU. And I think, I think, Southern, I think Southern Miss got a shot at it. And, and, you know, a lot again, a lot depends on what's going to happen uh, in Hattiesburg in the, in the tournament. Uh, so, you know, because you know, Rice, and, Rice and Southern Miss both have got a, a resume you can argue for. I do like college baseball and the fact that, and, and I would group of five, and if you say little guys, I know some of these – Group of five schools are rather large, but I like the fact that in college baseball, you still the, the little guys have a chance. They get to be, you know, hosted, not just be in it traveling somewhere. Oh yeah, hey, look in softball, James Madison and uh, Lafayette, right there in your backyard. Uh, both of them are hosting uh, softball regionals. So uh, you've got, you know, I don't think anybody's going to consider uh, Louisiana, Lafayette, and uh, and James Madison. Among among the the major athletic programs in the country, but they're they're top, both top six teams and are, are hosting uh, regionals uh, this week in softball against teams that uh, you know are considered more uh, more powerful athletic programs. So absolutely right. It's uh, it's and and I think more more so than in basketball because you know in basketball when you get to the final sixty eight or whatever it is, you got a lot of teams that are those those lesser teams. But they're they're generally there as automatics because of because of conference tournaments, and while there are some upsets, there aren't there aren't many. I think in softball, uh, you you have more times when hey, uh, Oregon State played at Auburn yesterday. They got beat by South Carolina Upstate, uh, USC Upstate. So Auburn's playing today against Carolina Upstate, but they weren't supposed to knock off Oregon State uh, from the from the Pac-12, but they did. And you had a, you had a number uh, around the country where you had lesser teams. Well, I, I, I have a bone to pick with you. All right, you are the you are the resident softball expert. 
in the circle with Lynn Scarborough is going to be the feature that we were changing the name. Instead of Lynn to Tim, we're going to Lynn in the circle. And Lynn, I know that you're not a gambling man, a great, uh, great Baptist from the, the wonderful city of Hueytown, Alabama. So let's just say I'm a reform. I need to be a little reformed. I bet the farm on Texas, Texas A&M. You didn't tell me to look out for that upset. Well, and here's the unique thing about that game. Tell me about it. In the, the very first pitch of the game, the first pitch of the game, in the top of the first, the Texas batter knocks it out of the park for a home run. Texas wins that game five to nothing, and Nick, all five runs are of solo home runs. Texas hit five solo home runs, including the first pitch of the game, and then back-to-back home runs in one inning, and and win the game five to nothing off on five solo home runs. Well, you know, I think we're not some kind of record. I've never heard of anything. No, like that. I have not. But I think I think what we need to put in for Texas A&M is what they call the intentional walk or the hit by pitch. Yeah, really. Yeah, you know, I think so. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you think after a while you'd have got to. You got used to it. Hey, Texas didn't have, I don't think Texas had like six or seven hits. Seven hits. And, and, and how, five, how, do you, how do you do that? Five five minutes, minutes, stop, stop for a minute. Yeah. That's what none of our listeners can comprehend, and we certainly appreciate it. You're not looking at the Internet because you probably don't even have it. You're not on a smartphone because <laughs> you, won't even re- you won't even reply to a text. You're on Twitter, but you've never tweeted. I've never tweeted. You're on Facebook, but you, you, you know. But yet, you just told me how many hits Texas had in a softball game yesterday. Uh, that's uh, that's not pretty impressive. That's well, pretty impressive. That's what, that's what we get paid to do, man. The uh, is, is keep up with this stuff. That's that's uh, you know, I can't I can't tell you what happened. Uh, you know, in the in the games out at the uh, UCLA regional. So I I I'll, I'll admit I keep up with them real close in the South, particularly the SEC and in the Southern region. Uh, we we're a uh, well, we are a national company. We're, uh, you know, we've got our prejudices toward the South. Well, uh, certainly, you probably can't find your car keys either. But yet, you can tell me how many hits the University of Texas hey, got. At, at, my, at my age, it's car keys, glasses. Uh, you know, it's what's what's the old deal? Increasing age and decreasing memory. Yeah. Well, I, I've got uh, that's an epidemic for me. Well, I want to turn to another close game, which you cover well, because you cover both of these schools on a regular basis, and it was a little bit closer. And when I saw this matchup, we're talking uh, SEC softball. We cover all cover all bases, literally and figuratively, here on the Nick Brown Show, in the circle. But that was Jacksonville State putting quite a scare in the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, and, and, and I'll touch another one, too, with Samford and Alabama. Um, everybody assumed in the state here that Auburn and Alabama would run away with the games against Jacksonville State and Samford. We'll take the Jacksonville State game, for example. Auburn won the game 2-1. to one. Uh, People don't realize Samford won the Ohio Valley Conference with a 28-0 and record. They had a perfect regular season and then swept through undefeated in the tournament. They went 28-0 and in their conference. And get this, the, I, I was told this yesterday. I have not verified it, but I, I got it from a source that I, I believe is right. The pitcher that pitched against Auburn yesterday pitched every conference game. Think about that. I think that's every, saying you're riding the, uh, riding the horse there on the every, every conference game. And she, obviously she is a great pitcher. And you get a great pitcher, and they can shut down a great team. They won't do it forever. Um, and, and Jacksonville State, I'm afraid. I mean, I'd love to see Jacksonville State win today. They play Oregon State. I'd love to see them win I'm concerned that they won't because, obviously, they've got one pitcher. 
And now, you know, they may turn around and pitch her again today. I would say that history shows they probably will since she pitched every conference game. But she pitched every conference game, and they didn't lose any. So uh, I just I did not know that fact about Jacksonville State. And Samford plays at Alabama yesterday, and they only won uh, – Alabama only won three to nothing. And in the seventh inning, Samford gets the bases loaded. And they're, they're one swing away from taking the lead on Alabama going into the bottom of the seventh. Now, they didn't they, – they had two consecutive outs, and it didn't score. Now they're going to three to nothing. But uh, a lot of it – and it kind of goes back on what you were saying a minute ago about these smaller quote, yeah. smaller schools is Jacksonville State and, and Samford gave, gave the number four Auburn Tigers and the number six Alabama Crimson Tide everything they could possibly want on, on the big school's home field. At a time when it really counted, this is for a chance to advance toward the NCAA championship. So, okay. So, yeah, you, that, those two games right there validate your point from a minute ago. I, I want to say this, though, and I looked at it, and I'll be honest with you. I paid more attention to SEC softball since you started bringing it up on Thursdays and again on Saturday morning, and you watch all of it, and we say in the circle. So I, And when I saw those draws, I said that Auburn and Alabama had the toughest draws very similar to, you know, because like it is, that you probably weren't recruited by the biggest schools in your state. So, uh, John's playing that sounder. That means you and I, Lynn, you you, you, you did take us to 10. So, yeah, well, good deal. Always enjoy it. Uh, it's going to be a good uh, good day uh, watching baseball and softball today. That's all right, Lynn. We certainly appreciate it. Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine. Thank you, Lynn. Okay, man, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes, on Stitcher, or at redpeachsports.com.